0: Welcome to Built By Us, a podcast created by Democracy North Carolina, a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization dedicated to building a political system that works for all. My name is Alyssa Rodriguez. I'm your host. And in this episode, Taylor and I talk about transparency in our government and what that looks like, or what it would look like if we saw it. <laughs> Taylor and I discuss some events in North Carolina that have happened that have kind of lacked transparency from our government. But we're really curious about what you think, so. Let us know. So, trusted your government lately? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Nama's trust there. <laughs> Currently, there's been some issues. Uh, A lot of them, specifically in this past couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. It's just I feel like a lot of these trust issues personally could be maybe not solved, but alleviated if there was just more transparency Mm -hmm. in our government in general. And that doesn't just mean like, oh, my God, show me all your classified documents. (laughs) It means like. Tell us what's going on, like, what's happening. Yeah, make it, just make it a little bit more clear. Yeah, and then also just making that information accessible to people. And that doesn't just give away your secrets. It informs citizens and empowers the electorate. It really helps me as a voter feel more valued helps me feel more educated on what I'm voting on and even just knowing feels like a powerful tool as a voter just knowing what's going on and like okay I know what's going on my government right now. I don't. <laughs> right. And so
1: we're going to talk about the issue of transparency, but also the I think another one of the goals of this this particular episode is to inform inform the listeners so that they don't feel that way. Yeah. Because we have some, you know, we spend all of our time doing this and we're going to like decode the confusing conversations. Because there's a lot of them. <laughs> so, I mean, why not? Let's just get into the heavy hitters, right? Which
0: one? <laughs> There are so many things that have been going on in North Carolina that need to be broken down. (laughs)
1: So a few weeks ago, there was a vote on the state budget. Was there? Yeah, there was a vote with about half of the representatives there. Oh, that sounds like a fair vote. So like just enough to make quorum... Um, And they voted to override Governor Cooper's veto. And so that means that technically the budget has now passed through. So let's break that down a little bit. There's pretty much one reason why this was done in a shady way. The reason that Cooper vetoed the budget to begin with was because he wanted to expand Medicaid. And that fight has been going on for a while, you know, trying to make all those compromises. So that's why it ended up happening that someone made the decision to call a vote when there were only half of the people there there's some confusion around if everyone knew there was going to be a vote or not so i'm not even going to you know take an opinion on that whether or not people knew that they should be there to vote if there are only half of the representatives there that's just that doesn't make sense that's not a like a fair vote right like everyone (laughs) at at least like (laughs) more than half of the people should be there um, and that's Demensky's opinion, and that's why we encourage folks to go back to the General Assembly the next day and, you know, demand that they fixed it. What comes next is that it's not been fully decided. You know, this budget hasn't gone into play yet because a lot of the people who were not there to vote are fighting back, right? So those representatives are trying to fix it. Yeah. Right? So apparently it could go back to the state Senate and they could hold up the veto since I've never seen that, I don't really know how that works. But that's what some state senators are doing right now. They're trying to prepare for that.
0: And I know, personally, when I hear the word budget, I don't think that it's going to affect me in that grateful of a way. Just like the average person, I feel like when they hear us talking about the budget, they're like, okay. But there are a lot of other things happening in North Carolina that, even though the budget does affect you in a direct way, A lot of other issues are very obviously Mm -hmm. affecting you in a personal way. Yeah. So I guess
1: one of the examples with that would be our voting machines. Yeah. So we have machines that we use to vote. I personally voted on a machine for my first time this year. Every other time I'd voted, it'd been on paper, which I like that. You know, I like to fill in the bubbles (laughs) like it's a scan (laughs) trap. But a lot of people, you know, they're the electronic things and you either like push a button or it's touchscreen, you know, something like that. So the machines that we have in our state, they've all technically gotten too old. The like customer service or like IT service on the back end is now so outdated that if something went wrong, they couldn't like actually help. So we need new ones. And so that was a big fight last month, um, trying to ask for the best machines So we were advocating at the state board level, the state board of elections level, we were saying that most counties should do paper because no one is filling in a wrong bubble, right? There have been scandals all across the country, and specifically North Carolina, we had some issues in Durham that were really bad, where with the touchscreens, wherever you touched, it was like choosing a different one, like it was not working and with all the hacking that's possible you know it's it is very clear cut and it is fact that hacking is possible in our voting machines some hacking did happen in 2016 and just accidents like they just glitch and they don't work so that's why we think paper ballots are the best except for being ada accessible which, which has to do with folks with differing abilities so Maybe they're blind or um, just reading is difficult, or, you know, or types of issues like that. So you may need some like machine type things, but we wanted the machines that printed out a receipt in like a list that showed every single person you voted for. And that was a big deal because there was a large company, ESNS is what they're called and what they're known by. Uh, what they do is they print out these barcodes. So you, with your human eyes, uh-huh. cannot verify that all your votes were correct that you voted for the people that you wanted to vote for so we don't like that we want a full on receipt so we were ma- we were trying to ask for ESNS to not be certified but unfortunately the state board was nervous about time mm-hmm. and so they certified all the new machine yeah so now it's up to the counties mm-hmm.
0: so now that it's up to the counties we just need to be advocating on a county level for them to pick the best options for themselves
1: Right. And we're doing that and we're hoping that y'all are too. you know, like I said, paper ballots are the best way to go and then have a few machines for disability compliance. However, there is like a new wrench kind of thrown into this discussion specifically. There have been reports that the State Board of Elections didn't check the source code of all these new machines. So this is like super computery. Like, I don't understand source code. I don't know what that would be, but it's something like on the deep computer on the back end that needed to be checked out before it's got, before they got certified. And supposedly that didn't happen. So that's still playing out right now. So both of these issues, machines and budget, you know, they're, they're being played out right now. And that's why we need to advocate for the best scenario possible. So we already told you how to advocate for your machines in your county and with the budget. Keep talking to your representatives in the state congress about what it is that you want to see out of the budget. Do you want to see expanded Medicaid? If that's true, you should be talking to them about fixing it.
0: Ugh, I'm already, like, very <laughs> overwhelmed with all these issues that we're talking about, and we've only talked about two. Yeah, we haven't even talked about our maps. (laughs) We can't talk about the maps. We will be doing a whole episode just on the maps Mm -hmm. when the courts finally get back to everyone.
1: Yeah, hopefully those of you listening know about our gerrymandering issues and that um, our, uh, our state General Assembly, again, was called back to redraw the state legislative maps. Again, we don't know what's happening with that just yet, so... As Alyssa said, yeah, we'll be be back to hit you with the full knowledge once decisions happen.
0: But hey, who needs gerrymandering when you can just steal the (laughs) ballots personally? Oh, oh, do you mean NCO9? I do. I do mean NCO9.
1: (laughs) Yes, uh, the District 9 election 2018 was one of our other big issues with trust and transparency. So, uh, if if you missed it, in yeah. case you missed it, <laughs> you missed it. Last year, there was a huge trial on it. Earlier this year, it was
0: riveting. It was like reality TV, it genuinely. Like there was twists, and it was just really entertaining, but like also sad. So you know, like reality yeah. TV. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah.
1: So basically, what that was. So District 9 has a lot of rural communities and a lot of rural communities have, um, you know, either like elderly people or people on disability who tend to vote absentee because getting to the polls is kind of hard. Um, and it's like that everywhere. But, you know, rural areas is a specific issue because it's harder to get to your voting location. Right. There's no like public transit or whatever. So knowing these conditions, there were some campaigners that ended up taking advantage of this. So that's what the whole trial was about. There was, and that's what we were talking about, we watched online, we watched a trial happen. It wasn't a criminal trial. It was like by the elections director trying to find out if something unethical happened. And that's what they did find out. Yes, it did happen. And what happened was there were campaigners working on behalf of Mark Harris, who were going into the communities and they were helping people with their absentee ballots. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a pretty normal practice. But then they were doing things that were wrong. So they were either voting for these people, so they were filling it out for them. Mm -hmm. Um, They were... Uh, messing with the witness lines, So there are supposed to be two witnesses with you when you absentee. And it would just be one of those campaigners. So they would falsify signatures. And then something that we won't be able to record, but they could have been throwing out other ballots as well. Because they were filling, the ones that they were filling in were for all the Republican, like all the way down the ballot. Mm -hmm. Like not just Mark Harris, you know. All of them. All of it.
0: Yeah.
1: And so... It's possible, like there's speculation from the trial that said that they could have been throwing out ballots that were more on the Democratic side.
0: But of course, how do we know?
1: Exactly. So that election was, you know, called off. Like nobody won that election mm-hmm. and that candidate decided to not run again because, you know, shamed. <laughs> like, no one was able to, like that trial was not able to find whether Mark Harris knew or not. But regardless, this big of a thing happens to you. I don't really see how you could get elected. So he decided to not run again. And all the campaigners who were being paid to do this illegal work were arrested. And this time, you know, they were charged criminally. So I know that this sucks, but this whole thing happened like it went the way it should. Right. So there was, like, when the election was really close at first, so someone called a recount, and then someone had some intel, and, you know, then a whole trial was put on. Yeah. So this election actually happened how it should be because they didn't certify that election. They were able to charge people who did the wrong thing, who acted illegally, and then they held a new election. That, you know, <laughs> I mean, it was clean. As far as we know, it was clean. Yeah. Um. So I think that that, like... Like I said, even though it was a bad situation it's it's good to see it going like yeah. remedying it. it.
0: it's nice to see a wrong being righted mm-hmm. yeah, all of these issues that Taylor just talked about, there's just there's so many layers to them and reasons for each of them why they're wrong and things that could have gone better. but I think just like at the bottom of all of it, it's just if we are not looking into things that are happening in our government, we are not going to know. What's going on? And so transparency is not important, but it's it's not we can't just wait for transparency to happen. Mm-hmm. Like we need to actively be demanding it and searching it out in a way. And so Taylor and I have been talking about things on like a state level here in North Carolina. But things are definitely going on nationally in our country that we don't know about and we mm-hmm. should and even just bringing up the possibility of impeachment, what that trial could bring to to the public eye is so great. Like, there are so many details about our government that we don't even know are happening. And there's the possibility of an impeachment trial. Mm-hmm. So, like, what don't we know? And for just a trial to be happening, we people would be questioned. Testimonies would be taken. Like, we would learn so much more about things that were going on, things that could be illegal or detrimental to our country that we would never know if this trial just didn't even take place. And so I get how things can look pretty dark, to be honest. I mean, a lot of bad things are happening. There isn't a lot of transparency from our government right now, but there can be. Right. Like, just because these bad things are happening doesn't mean that we can't fix them. Yeah. So, yeah, we we have been kind of for a while we kind of just let these things happen and now it's bad and but now we all know it's bad and so now they're all paying attention this is like our opportunity to finally hold our government and our government officials accountable for what they're doing so we can fix our counties and our states and our country to become a more transparent and equitable system. I'm sure that it can feel like like there's
1: no trust in the government it's just the way it is Mm -hmm. right but we can we can fix it like you were saying and i know this is all we talk about but like we just have to vote we have to vote for people who want a transparent yeah. government who want to work for us and so if we if we can do that and if we can get people that speak for us yeah then we should see change
0: and like taylor just said i know we say this a lot but <laughs> you just need to vote but like it really does come down to that like our vote has so much power in general but think about how much power our vote has when we know 10 times more than we do right now about what's going on in our government think about how powerful our vote would be if we knew exactly what the intentions or actions of our legislators really were yeah
1: so let's all just take a deep breath (gasps) i'm
0: holding it (laughs) things are difficult but we could make them better. Hang in there and see. Yeah. <laughs> so we hope you start to hold our government more accountable and help us create a North Carolina that's go by us. And thanks for listening to this podcast made of, by, and for the people.